Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I am your Space Science Podcast host, Alex G. Orfanos. And this week we have our recording from the Inspiration4 launch hangout. Uh, we, we did that last night. We started about 30 minutes before the actual flight uh, launch at 8.02 p.m. Eastern Time out of Kennedy Space Center in Florida. We had my uh, brother, Nico Orfanos, on the podcast uh, so he's going to introduce himself as soon as we start this segment, uh, so you get to learn a little bit more about him. You'll be hearing more from him, uh, but you can also follow him on uh, Twitch at ngorphi, N-G-O-R-P-H-I, if you want to check out any kind of streaming or gaming. Um, and then, of course, he's on Instagram as well, uh, doing physical fitness and weight training. And really, if you want to get that other half, if, if this is our mental exercise, if you're looking for physical exercises and seeing what's possible, my brother's the, the, the person to go to. So you'll, le- you'll hear from him. And then, of course, in the background, off camera, we have Sarah here for the podcast again. And we just had a great time. It was an amazing mission. Uh, we had some audio issues as we've been having. I'm still learning the setup of streaming. So thank everyone who was online. Uh, John, Rick, Jake, Everyone that was helping out in chat, making sure that we got the right volumes, I pretty much just took out all that section of bad audio. But we do have some of the SpaceX feed audio in the background. Um, I do my best to try and uh, keep track of that. But there there may be some points in the beginning here where there's just audio over us talking. So bear with us. Otherwise, it was an amazing time. Uh, so please enjoy and make sure, as always, to... Spread love and spread science uh, to support the podcast, subscribing, whether this is on YouTube or uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast or watch. That's a huge step forward. And then, of course, uh, if you want to help us out, uh, other than telling your friends about us, it's always AG3D Printing. You can head over to our website, ag3d-printing.com, to see all the things that we're doing. Our Instagram page, at AG3D Printing. Uh, 3D printing is what funds this podcast and allows us to do many things, including getting our funding up so that we can take a look at these launches, go there in person, you know, um, when the world starts getting a little bit easier to travel. But regardless, that is what fun, that's, that's what brings us here today. The inspiration for launch, the first all civilian launch of four human beings into space to orbit earth for three days, looking out of the gorgeous gorgeous cupola that was installed on the Crew Dragon custom for this mission. They're up there right now. That Netflix docu-series is up on on Netflix where you can watch the first four episodes of everything leading up to the launch and the season finale is going to be the actual launch day and their time up in space. And it doesn't look, uh, I I found this out from from Jake at Jet Jet Surgeon Borealis, Uh, it looks like they are not going to be uh, live streaming the mission feed like they've been doing in the past, uh, which probably means, and this is, this is legend, but it probably means that Netflix has exclusive rights to that. So it looks like next Monday uh, there should be some amazing, incredible footage, but I'm sure they'll be sharing as much as they can online in the meantime. So follow us over at Today in Space Pod on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Keep you up to date there. And of course, Today in Space over at TikTok. That's it, folks. Enjoy this episode. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. I'm over here eating um, cowboy caviar in uh, excitement. Delicious. Helping to so, uh, 
Well, we Nico, know about you, humans uh, in promote, space flight. Promote your stuff when we get started here. Uh, contributed also oh, to Nico also has a podcast now, and uh, is a gamer streamer. Okay, yeah. So I do have, I do stream, I do do gaming stuff, I do some of the fitness stuff. I'm still trying to iron that out. Um, I'm on Twitch, I'm on YouTube, I'm also on Facebook Gaming now. Facebook Gaming is just Orphi, O-R-P-H-I-I, and... Twitch is twitch.tv slash ng orphy with two eyes. Um, and then my podcast is Weebs and Weights. We talk about everything that is anime, gaming, and fitness related as well. Um, a couple of people that met in the gym fell in love with anime and kind of drives us to our day-to-day lives in the gym. So it's kind of everything we do there. Uh, you can find that on basically everything, just like Today in Space. So yeah, I, I don't know if that was a wasn't ready to plug myself, but I did it. You know? Hey, you did. Congratulations. So for those of us that uh, don't really haven't really followed this as much, uh, Alex and stuff like that. So incredible to get an inside look. Give to their a quick training. little. Only 553 humans. What this have is, what this whole situation uh, is, what is the inspiration for? It's a civilian launch, all that stuff. But I said pedestrian, and you laughed at me. So yeah, let's um, I guess give some of those to the people. The people. Absolutely. So, folks, if you're just checking in now, this is SpaceX. SpaceX uh, is kind of like the bad boys of, of space. Um, for a very long time, they were very controversial and probably still are uh, in the space industry. But years and years and years of hard work, they were able to help NASA transform America's space, uh, the ability to send humans into space. Uh, from when we retired the space shuttle in 2011 to now, a decade later, uh, and in the middle of a pandemic, launching human beings into space. So they started with the Crew-1. Uh, the DM-2 mission was the first uh, time they did this, and that was with astronauts Bob and Doug. And they were astronaut veterans, and that started NASA's ability to send astronauts again. And then from U.S. soil, from US soil it, it, with our own rocket. We were, we were paying the Russians on the Soyuz system to go into the ISS, ever since the space shuttle retired. So SpaceX made the Falcon 9 rocket, which is reusable, which is the first time that's ever happened, so that you can actually use the rocket again, which is what they're going to do today. And they're going to try and land it on the the drone ship uh, today in the middle of the ocean. So that allows them to give the ability to go to space cheaper for NASA um, and to do more with it. And they created this Crew Dragon capsule to send human beings into space, and now they're doing it with a private mission here to fundraise for St. Jude's Research Hospital and sending four civilians into space. They're not professional astronauts. They went through basically the same training, but this is the first mission of its kind. Now, but that is the that is the gist. So this this mission is the first of its kind, orbiting three days around the Earth with average. Test- Yep. They say average. Average. Day. I mean, they're they're pretty incredible <laughs> people. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely. Um, so they're they're opening up what space like space flight could be mm-hmm. in the future for um, you know people up to this point it's been only you know perfect specimens if you will like you have to have perfect yeah. eyesight and you have to have you know no underlying health conditions and you know now we have. Um, a 29-year-old cancer survivor who has a prosthetic leg. Haley Arsenault. 
Yep. Well, is it, is it a prosthetic leg or is it prosthetic bone? Uh, it's a prosthetic yeah, it's, bone. It's an internal prosthetic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Internal prosthetic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. She, That's crazy. Had bone cancer. I'm, I'm going to be awful and not know the actual type of cancer, but essentially they had to have that removed. Um, and this helped, uh, this, I guess this actually helped grow with her. Um, oh, yeah, really interesting. yeah, fascinating. Um, and so they, they went on, uh, they actually got to fly jet fighters, uh, through the, with their training. Um, all of this has been documented in the, uh, the new Netflix, uh, docu-series where there's four episodes already. The fifth episode is going to capture everything that happens today on launch day. And then the three days orbiting the earth before they come back. So it's uh, going to be okay. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate this, guys. Um, really do. Thanks for syncing up with us. Um, okay, audio and video aren't quite synced up. Uh, yeah, there's probably a latency issue. Um, all right, folks. Thanks again for joining us. So, uh, any other questions, folks? Uh, Nick, does that does that cover it? Yeah, I think. Um... Might have, I mean, yes, it does for the question that I had. Chat, if any of you guys have any questions, obviously ask them, and I will try to do my best to ask Alex, and he'll be able to answer any questions that we have. Hacks, hello, man. How you doing? That's right. So um, Nick is streaming at the same time, our stream. Um, so we're we're, we're multi-streaming, multiverse, multi-streaming. So I have the I have the SpaceX YouTube um, Of course, you got that open, stream up, and, and then, then I'm, I'm there and then, for... As, as questions for them. Yeah, you and cool. I, you and I are in Discord together. Very is cool. the main intention of this mission just a consumer journey? Question mark. That no, comes from so, Thanasi Chocolate Duckies. <laughs> the the actual reason for this mission is to fundraise money for St. Jude's research for for cancer research. Um, while he what's the um, oh, SpaceX links? What's the SpaceX link for that? It's SpaceX. Uh, they, they put it on the screen. I didn't move my camera fast enough. There's a link for that to go check it out for St. Jude as well. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll get so to that in a minute. Go, if you're streaming through the YouTube, um, they have a link there. If you go to SpaceX.com slash launches, you'll see the mission itself. There's there's going to be a link there. Um, I also posted it on our Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com slash Today in Space podcast. So uh, that stuff is there. And I think we're go there, also give a follow. posting a, a, give a like. Just a, basically fun to St. Jude's for this. So... Their, their plan was to fund $200 million, mm -hmm. I believe. And uh, I think they were already at $130 million on the YouTube uh, stream, which is, Very which nice. is wild. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, Jared Eisenman put this together, donated $100 million, and decided to buy this flight up there and selected Haley Arsenault first. Then... He, well, he didn't select Haley. St. Jude selected because uh, Haley was... Uh, cured at St. Jude's and then now works as a PA at St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. So um, she's been giving back. And even uh, she was just saying during this launch, she's going to be um, doing video conferences with a bunch of her, her, her kids or patients um, from, from earth. So uh, from just space? from, sorry, <laughs> her patients are on earth. They're not space patients. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're not getting yet. there. Um, Another question came in from yeah. uh, Yoked T. Um, he wants to know if there will be any xenomorph eggs on board. No xenomorph eggs on this flight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry to disappoint, Yoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, let's. Different experiments going out, but I'm not familiar with what exactly. Yeah, they will be performing a bunch of scientific experiments over the three days, um, trying to you know take advantage of that zero gravity experience. 
Um, it's also like this is the first time that just everyday people even have the opportunity. Astronauts and sending people into space was a very, very elite thing and was only available to hundreds of people over the entire, what is it, you know, over 50 years now that we've been flying people into space or even that NASA existed. So, um, and, and they've gone to the moon. So it's it's been a very long time and SpaceX has helped NASA bring this ability back and now we're even opening it up to everyday people like like you and I which is wild yeah yeah so the, the crew members I don't know if you talked about this at all mm. so there is Haley Arsenal Haley Arsenal who is 29 years old mm-hmm. um, a PA at St. Jude's mm-hmm. there is Dr. Cyan Proctor mm-hmm. she okay. is an educator mm-hmm. she, she, she's also a geologist if I'm mistaken um, uh, almost, a scientist, almost a- nonetheless, but she's also been hey. an analog astronaut um, for the Mars Society, if I'm not mistaken. So she actually did, uh, and she was born on Guam, and her dad uh, worked uh, as a as a NASA employee um, to help track the Apollo missions. Oh. Apollo 11, when it landed in the ocean, it was her dad that was able to. He taught himself calculus at 19, and he was able to. Um, basically tell the ships where to go to recover them. You had to do all the math to say, hey, go here. You know, the, the tracking stations at that time was look up, see them, check it off, call it in. Hey, we saw them. Like, that's that's how the tracking was in those early days. Literal stations around the world. So we've got a couple more questions here, okay. if you're willing. Yeah, um, so Haxors wants to know, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase this question. Um, he's asking if trained people are not going into space. Uh, so that he wasn't here when you explained everything, but, mm. and cut me off if I say anything wrong here, everybody that is in this is quote unquote a civilian, but they went through seven months of exactly what our astronauts do for their training as well. And they went through everything. They went through multiple simulations as well towards the end of it, uh, to make sure they, you know, were ready and prepared for this. They got to fly fighter jets during their training. They did a bunch of other stuff like that as well. So they've done everything that our astronauts do to get prepared for this mission. Yeah, and and this training was built off of what the astronauts did uh, during the space shuttle eras, which was, of course, learned from all those years back with Apollo and Gemini and Mercury. So um, it's a really cool history and link that this training has kind of been inherited by SpaceX and and, and specifically done for the same capsule that the the astronauts uh, the spacecraft really that go that go into space so currently another question is are there big differences in the spacex rocket and papa bezos phallic shaped one (laughs) (laughs) many differences many differences uh the 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 major difference (laughs) is that uh elon's rocket is bigger um but size (laughs) in this case does matter that sounds like an Um, exclusive that's (laughs) I, I didn't make this up. Uh, no, so so the Falcon 9 is built to bring more payloads into orbit. Um, the new Shepard rocket that brought Bezos up is a suborbital rocket, so it can bring you up to the edge of space, the Kármán line, but uh, it's not going to be able to do this, which is going uh, five. It's uh, higher than the International Space Station travels today, uh, which is which is very much up there can you uh, find i'm gonna search the height right now i i off the top of my head uh height of the iss so let's see so we're looking at 420 kilometers just a little bit 
very, very high up there. Um, Bezos went also, around 60 kilometers. So that's like 248 miles up. They're going to go higher than that. That's baby numbers. Come on, Bezos. Let's go. <laughs> also, I just want to throw out there, although they do have a geologist on board the spacecraft, I just want to throw out mm -hmm. that, in my personal opinion, as an atmospheric scientist, that is not the best environmental style of science. Um, <laughs> so just, you know, in my personal, you know, opinion. Yeah, well, we'll share, yeah, share, but, share a little bit about about your experience too. Oh, um, so because you oh are a scientist, God. I am a scientist by education and by trade. Um, so I went to school. I went to UMass Lowell, the University of Massachusetts Lowell. Um, we had a little flare on there, sounding you know, like Target, Target. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I went to school for environmental science with a concentration in atmospheric. Uh, and UMass Lowell, their envi their environmental and their ATMO program was very research science based. They didn't really have like an on air program, so you weren't doing like mm -hmm. any green screen stuff. But we did a lot of the number crunching, a lot of the background, like the geophysical thermal dynamics, all that kind of stuff. Um, we had a running joke in there with a bunch of our professors, being like, "If they ask you what you want in your diploma, don't put ATMO, put geophysical thermal dynamics, because that's what you did." Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a joke, but. So, yeah, I mean, so that, that's that's my background. Um, I'm starting up a, a new gig doing some exoplanetary atmospheric research with an old professor of mine um, here soon. Uh, we're looking at different. I mean, I don't know how much I can say besides that for yeah. now. So I'll wait until I get the actual. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'll, okay we'll or talk not, more but... about it on the podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's it's funded by NASA JPL. Um, I don't know how much I can actually say or go into, but. Um, for the sake of we're making doing... sure you keep it, let's not say anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, if they come after me for this, what do they say? What was the what's the old uh, what's the old saying? Uh, no uh, bad um, publicity is no no publicity is bad publicity. Whatever it is, you know, it's yeah, the yeah. same thing. But um, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, what you're so, saying. so so I did that. I did um, a little bit of I did a small small stint at a. Um, consulting firm doing um like dust sound uh odor sampling and testing and stuff like that and i was the head of their um we started using ansys products which is a fluid dynamic software that's used mostly with engineering um and i was able to create a virtual wind tunnel inside ansys so that we could test the effect on newer buildings going up and depending on what the client brought in like we did a building you know the the new building for the celtics that they have yes on the pike yeah. so we actually did that one and we were we basically 3d modeled it put it in there put it in the virtual wind tunnel and we sent wind at different speeds at multiple different angles That's to sick. see if there was any dangerous spots and stuff like that um so That's awesome yeah so it was cool that was a completely that was a challenge and a half because that software was not made to make a virtual wind tunnel so yep. i was like on call with their people being like we have no friggin' idea what you want to do and we don't know how to do it so it was like all of us were just like breaking ground together it was fun that's, so that's awesome uh, no, it was it's, cool it's, yeah. it's amazing so, like how much science goes into like putting up a building to make sure a hurricane doesn't knock it down like <laughs> it's crazy um mm -hmm. jake uh in the, in the chat says and jeffrey's uh big mad about losing the rocket measuring contest <laughs> yeah we got people in chat saying elon's is always bigger people are singing the jeffrey bezos song yo dude that song um, is awesome dude bo burnham he's killing it people oh are teasing God. me for saying his a personal opinion on the um geology side of things um yeah 
you know, hey. Elon's always bigger artist than that one. That's a big peepee. There we go. Oh, very, very mature chat here. Uh, <laughs> yep. So we're about 13 and uh, 20 seconds out, everybody, from is that initial burn. Is that full launch? What is that? So T T zero is going to be when um, the rocket leaves the pad, or when the, the actually this is when the engines light, and then a few seconds after it launches. Um, and the crew has just been so incredible. It's been so okay. So can you explain what these? So you see how they they have the timer on the bottom there, and they have like the like the timeline. What was the S two R P one load and the S two locks load? Like what is that? What is that? Sure. So S two locks load is the stage two liquid oxygen load so that's loading fuel so what they did um so on top of the rocket you have the crew i'm gonna turn this down so i don't uh confuse you guys so the top of the rocket is the crew dragon spacecraft that's where the crew is currently um the rocket itself was not fueled until the crew was already inside the crew dragon and the uh abort system was actually enabled so that if anything went wrong when you're loading pressure high pressurized liquid oxygen into the rocket um what could go wrong yeah so it that so there's boosters on the side of yeah i'm trying to see if we have our 3d printed one we don't shoot okay that's okay but uh there are boosters on the side of the crew dragon that will uh in the case of any point during this launch if anything goes wrong uh they'll be able to get out of the way so that the crew can then land off course and th these are all the things they put into the thought of like when they're basically tossing these people into space aboard this rocket you've got to make sure that wherever you're tossing them you've got these you got to know where and when you can abort and be safe so it's it really is like a giant book and you pretty much during launch go through the book i mean that's literally what they did for this yeah, everything just was written down from the moment that they pulled up to get their suits on I would be pooping myself is now going in chat. <laughs> Let's talk about these uh, these new stylish, uh, almost Halo-looking, you know, spacesuits that SpaceX has. Obviously, they used that for the last their uh, their last flights as well. But mm -hmm. um, thank God they made those things not, you know, the stereotypical what everyone thinks an astronaut looks like. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's true. It's it's definitely um, they've definitely improved it. Uh, how many G's will they be feeling at launch? Uh, so, Rick, I believe they'll be feeling uh, somewhat close. So the, the Falcon 9 is a pretty uh, violent rocket as far as Gs. So they'll be experiencing, I believe it's 6 Gs, but I, I could be wrong if someone wants to check that out for me. But um, thank you for that. Uh, but when the abort happens, if they do, if the abort happens and they need to get away from the rocket, they could experience upwards of 20 Gs which uh, will be something crazy. Uh, Haley Arsenault on there, uh, their jet fighter flight uh, pulled 8 Gs, which is the most that day. They called her the, the G monster. It's <laughs> more than double. Haley, Haley loves <laughs> loves adrenaline junkie stuff. It's it's so cool to watch. I think the thing that we get from this that sometimes we miss from having astronauts or professionals, and we, we I'm going to say this and not mean it in a bad way. Look up to them. We're we we almost feel like we can be them, and that that's one of the the, the interesting things about this inspiration for mission it's like they're all citizens they, they weren't picked by nasa to go into space um they were chosen by isaac uh, by jared isaacman um so 
copy that dragon it, it, it's crazy and, and the netflix documentary is pretty amazing just to because you get to you have like an emotional connection with them so like wish you a great mission. after Good after luck. tonight well, i would highly suggest going onto netflix they're like what 30 minutes each um there's four episodes and then you know over the next three days we're expecting them to be orbiting earth and and what's that called what is that what's the documentary called uh countdown to inspiration four let me uh You'll see a giant like helmet like the SpaceX helmet. Folks, and uh, Sylvia in the chat, thank you, Sylvia, to, uh, put uh, up the link to donate, it seems, for St. Jude. So um, I pinned that on the channel. I appreciate that. So for those of you, um, because I don't have access to that as well, um, go over to Today in Spaces. You're on. You're live on Facebook, correct? Yep. So he's live on Facebook, Today in Space. Check it out. There's a link there if any of you want to donate to St. Jude's because that is the overall umbrella of this mission and stuff like that is to be able to bring more awareness and raise some money as well um, on top of all the amazing things that are going to come out of this um, this launch itself with it being the first civilian one is going to be huge. But um, yeah, so go over there. Links over there as well and go check that out. Ask him his thoughts on the Dear Moon mission. Yeah, Dear Moon. Yusaku Maezawa, uh, another billionaire, uh, skateboarder as well, uh, artist. Um, he wants to bring specifically artists to orbit the moon. Originally, it was going to be a crew dragon like this. Um, but then they upped it to being, uh, or it was supposed to be a Starship launch and it's going to be a Crew Dragon launch. I think that's actually, uh, what, what the case is going to be. Um, I forget, uh, it's changed over time. So regardless, they're going to go on an orbit around the moon and he's actually going up to the International Space Station aboard a Soyuz capsule, uh, to get some training so that he, as the commander of that mission, uh, can make sure that he can lead his team when they, they, they go up into space. So, um, what they want to do is capture, allow those artists to experience what it's like to see the earth rise you know as, as you're going around the moon on the other side see There's that earth rise image that you know change the way we looked at everything and then have them express it when they get back with Next whatever their Dr. art Sine is Proctor, so uh, yeah dear Next moon project is going to be really Andrew exciting um, and i think and i think the right they've chosen um, everyone at this point but we'll, we'll have to do another officer. another episode to capture that but that's the general idea one miyasaki is trying to create an artistic revolution all right i like it that we could use one, one. <laughs> we don't really have a good right. view we should fill a ship of flat earthers and shut them up well i think i think that's a i mean and tell me if i'm completely wrong on this but i think that's a part of this is being able to get people up into space and be able to see that as well in a more i mean i want to say affordable fashion but i don't think we're anywhere near you know star trek level of things yet but yeah yeah no as far as like who can go to space kind of thing like if i want to go how much would it be We'll see that retract starting. Yeah, well, I think because yeah. I, I think chat's starting to go like we should fill a bunch of flat earthers in space and sh shoot them up there so they can see what's going on. Dude, that's um, that's coming. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, start a fundraiser to, to pay for flat earthers to go. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, I remember listening to uh, I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast when he had Neil deGrasse Tyson on, mm. and they were having a conversation about because like you know how Joe's always like, don't read the comments, screw it, it's not worth it, it's just gonna make you think about that one percent 
percent of people that you know go like you know just whatever right but he's saying like how do you handle the flat earther conversation and he's like he doesn't have like neil was saying how he doesn't do conversations with people anymore mm. because he's had m multiple moments where people are like i need i need evidence i need this and he shows them the evidence and he goes oh well, that could have been faked yeah. It's like, well, then there's, there's no there's no debating it. Like some people just need to physically do something, see something, something tangible, you know? There's something to that, man. Yeah, the truth is slipping. Uh, being able to figure out what is actually true nowadays is it's weird, uh, especially nowadays. But uh, we'll, we'll have to open that. <laughs> we'll have to crack that open on, on an episode here because we are five minutes and 25 seconds into launch here. I'm gonna raise the volume here Dragon so we've got audio. To for terminal count. Oh, you guys are at 525. Okay, I just Talk broke the five-minute mark on my end. Uh, it just updated. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the the live feed on. <laughs> so I'm I'm a few minutes I'm a few seconds Everything behind. Four minutes and 42 schedule. seconds. We're beginning to okay, the now you're like a half a second ahead of me. Let's go. <laughs> Time the two hydraulic clamp arms will open up coming up here very shortly. All right, folks, I'll have chat open here. If you got any questions, please let me know. This is a night launch too, so uh, is this lowering. is going to be an incredible site for for. It's going to be a cool site for us, but an even better site for everyone that's down there uh, on the Space Coast watching today. And I've got a lot of space friends online who are out there. Uh, shout out to Zach Hall and Kate and uh, man, S Padre and man, all the all the people uh, that. As you I've can had a chance to meet through like NASA social and stuff like screen, that, and so many other people that I can't wait to meet. The um, they're gonna get to event. see this uh, giant fact, the sun basically rise from the darkness the into the sky. It's gonna be uh, pretty wild. It's Goku, man. It's Goku. Spear bomb. Where, where is this launching? Where is this launch pad? Where are they Kennedy getting shipped Space out of Nine center? Launch pad 39A, which is the same launch pad that they launched the Apollo missions. Liquid kerosene and liquid oxygen. That would be a cool. lot of history. That liquid oxygen is what we see. Okay, strong back retract. So Explain. On the right there, that the that's arm? the strong back. That's what helps okay. them bring the rocket. All right, they're on delivered screen, horizontally, the and then the strong back is beginning to retract. And they... Uh, do uh, that strong back will move back just a couple of, of degrees you see here like then at t0 when the falcon 9 sends the liftoff command to the ground to release it so i'm not sure if this is a quick answer we can answer this after or in between once they're we're up in skies like that but uh you mentioned how this rocket for some reason right is aggressive when it comes to g's why is that i uh, just there are nine uh merlin engines on the bottom of this rocket uh, part of it is just the equation of launching this rocket i thought it was some design decisions but you have to get a certain thrust ratio to get things out of there and for this one uh, other astronauts have said uh, All right, there's that call out that Dragon is now running on its strong. own power. Um, it is no See, longer connected of 21 to the power G's if the abort of Pad 39A. So. As you okay. just heard, the crowd is super excited here at SpaceX headquarters. Yeah, people are cheering. Things are getting going. Yeah, We're go crew. now under two Let's and a half go. minutes. We're two minutes and 20 uh, from startup. Until the launch of the Inspiration 4 crew. All right, folks, we're getting close. Any last-minute questions, let me know. That crew there can be seen on the right-hand side. Yeah, of the Chad, screen. let me know if you want me to. Buckled in and <laughs> ready to go. Question for you. All right, two minutes. Inspiration four. All civilian crew launching into space. Look at that. Maybe a little, ooh, ooh, a little bit ooh, of a little shaky camera going on there. Camera action, but um, camera crew's ready to go. 
looks like we're pretty good. I mean, we're, we're getting to the point where uh, looks like they might be having some rain down there. But um, and there's the call that stage two locks load is Dragon complete. Dragon is an auto idle. Okay. Yeah. Falcon is now fully. So we have questions about the blue origin drama, but we can hold off on that. Oh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll have time. <laughs> and now okay. it's meant to let the crew know that as we vent off various lines on the uh, launch pad, we got some we'll smiles on the astronauts' faces. Noises. Let the crew know that's planned. Loud noises. Loud also noises. right now draining the liquid oxygen out of the okay. transporter erector, draining the lines, getting ready for launch. Waiting for the startup call at T minus one minute. All right, folks, one minute. Here we go. Falcon 9, flight computers have taken control of the countdown. Here we go. This is. Not only is this hard to do and the world is going right, I can't even imagine what it must have been like with all the, all the precautions I had to take. It's wild. We restarted our, our ability to send astronauts again in the middle of pandemic. It's wild. It's wild. Commander, call in 30 seconds. Yeah, no, the excitement, the energy, the adrenaline, all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of this team. It's a lot 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Light that camera. Go! Here they go. Launch pad, folks. Godspeed inspiration 4. Now the trip up to... Reach the eventual down range. 17,500 miles per hour, so that they're continuously falling around the Earth in orbit, just like the ISS does every day. They've got, there is a lot of vibrations going on. There's obviously the, the, the thrust that the crew is experiencing. The spark mission let's go, let's go. <laughs> 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 She's so excited. <laughs> Dude, this is wild. They're at 800 kilometers an hour. Chad, look at the bottom left. You got speed, you got altitude, you got all that stuff. We're, we're getting to the point where max the maximum dynamic pressure, which is where the rocket experiences the most forces as it's trying to rip through that atmosphere. Um, they actually the pull back the throttle so that the rocket doesn't, you know, shake too violently. Just they have some control going through that. Yeah, explode exactly. Um, and all that's automated, right? Right now, like everything is run yeah, by the, the rocket is running itself. Yep. Okay. We're through the period of maximum dynamic crew pressure. Crew be able to control the crew dragon once they're. We're to back have up to, and the one most bravo part, the call out from process. space. That's one of the abort sequences. That is a nominal call. Everything yep. continues to be good. Goes wrong. That's the other Looking good. Thing. They look comfortable. They need a, they need a, like, Looks where's, like a you know, they don't have flight attendants. Where's the, <laughs> they just want a glass of champagne, man. <laughs> look at that burn, man. Look at that. Yep. This is why dragons died out, everybody. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're about to, uh, we're about halfway to the point where we're going to need to do Miko. We're passing through 3G's acceleration. So they got 3G's right now. Easy. 
They got up to eight. Let's go. And so the classic rocket equation, in order to escape into orbit, you've got to lose some mass and also keep gaining speed. So they're going to get rid of the Our first stage of the rocket here at some point. Main engine cutoff's going to be Four soon. G's, we're and then it there they for will the separate the uh, second Major stage. Major coming up will be main engine cutoff, followed by stage separation. Don't they have multiple Looking computers? So if something does nozzle, go wrong, it has others to check the, the others? They do, they do have redundancies so, built in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. And All right, so are we, so you know how they always talk about the, there's like that here we go, area baby. of, let's go. There we go. That's beautiful. All right. So, second stage. All right. Ooh. Ignition, here we go. Set almost 7,000 kilometers per hour right now, 108 kilometers above the Earth. You can see the first stage on the left there, those grid fins are what they're going to use to orient the rocket and control its descent so that it can have a burn at the end and land on the margin in the middle of the, sh in the ocean. First stage you see there on the left-hand side yeah. of the screen is making I remember, so I was in Indiana when they finally first successfully did that with the drone ship, and I was with my buddy Roger who lived next door to me, and uh, we were literally glued to the TV. Uh, we were so close watching it, and we were like slapping each other and like waiting for it to happen and like yeah, his so wife's behind us and he was with my friend that i lived with and they were just looking at us like making fun of us uh, we would just turn around and be like shut up we were like having a good time <laughs> we were so excited we like were jumping around like little kids it was awesome Oh, I can tell you how much excitement the first stage, just, just, just watching SpaceX get to this point and now I, I still can't believe that we're on the right hand side of the screen is a view not of only are they working together with Merlin, NASA, the vacuum which seemed like an improbability for such a long of the, time. Oh my God! Yeah. And now the crew, which they're not on not only the helping stage, NASA, they're helping regular going people going to space. Normal, uh, like, uh, that's normally, crazy. Uh, with them, uh, well, I think the big issue with the, the whole standoff with that at the beginning was that. We also have people, awesome views of the how do I how do I say this? Well. People just sure like the government in general is like, you got to show us results so that we can be trusting I'm you sure in any way so that we can work sure. together. I don't know if that's 100% true or not, but like in my opinion, when it comes to like an experience, when it comes to like, okay, you want to do something with us, you got to show it. You know, you got to bring what can you bring to the table? And then SpaceX was basically like, all right, well. Well, we're going to do it better than you. Yeah, and, and the conundrum, you know, for a really long time, and this was the case when I was doing getting my aerospace engineering degree uh, in 2008 to 2015. I'm sure you can do the math. Um, but uh, the conundrum was that you only fly flight-ready hardware, which is something that's been to face, uh, space a few times. They, they're, oh, they're, they're fist pumping inside. They're excited. This is so cool. Um, so they're almost at 10,000 kilometers per hour, almost 200 kilometers in altitude. Um, you can see the, the, the particle physics in space, which is the vacuum. You can just see how particles move. You're seeing little bursts of air that the first stage rocket is doing to reposition itself. That's all ice coming off of it, right? Some of it's, yeah, sure, frozen fuel. Um, there, there could be some, there could be some other components that may not be, I haven't seen anything that's come off that's critical. <laughs> so maybe there might be paint coming off. Probably, like you're saying, it's probably frozen uh, gas. A few minutes later, it will execute a landing burn and make an attempt um, to... So there's a question is, what yes. rocket, what is this rocket called? There's a new new newcomer in chat. Sure, yeah, this is the Falcon 9 rocket, the uh, first and go. only reusable rocket. Uh, and it revolutionized the way that we 
uh, send people into space, and they flew up on a so reused rocket. So the one that is going to so land here is already launched. It even had the scarring before it launched again, uh, with the, the, the soot build up from the outside of the rocket the right as it hits the atmosphere and, and everything burns up around it. Um, I was just gonna say that MVAC yeah. engine. Uh, Wild. Just heard and now yes, Recon, this is my brother. Yes, it is. What's up, Recon? Um, you want a pair of those space boots? They look like water waders, don't they? Like you're gonna go like fly. <laughs> oh, spacesuits. We gotta talk about, about those. So the the really really awesome and innovative thing uh, about the SpaceX burn. suits are is they're when they're in the spacecraft, they're actually pressurized and. They have and a tether the into the spacecraft the so that if one of the worst uh, things that could happen, which is a depressurization event, um, where the, the capsule itself can't hold pressure and they lose oxygen, in most cases, that's a death sentence, right? You run out of air, you got nothing to breathe, you're done. The spacesuit is a tiny spaceship. So even if something went wrong with the pressurization in the cabin, they are sealed tight and they're tethered to the oxygen the or the, the, right the atmosphere screen. supply. I think I see some more so they could still there. get air Dr. even Proctor if something happened, like it hit debris and the uh, window cracked or whatever it might be. Uh, again, this mission um, will be the redundancies three in such cool new uh, ways is really, really fascinating. So another question, as long as there's nothing going on here that uh, you need to... We've got an entry okay. burn, but that we won't need the, the landing until a little bit here. Isn't the Falcon 9 more expensive to launch than the spaceship? Now, what do you, I don't know what he meant by spaceship, but um, I'm assuming he means like the normal rockets that we usually... From SpaceX. So Falcon 9 is SpaceX. This is all, this is all yeah. SpaceX run. I don't know what the term is on that one, but... Um, um, let's ask for more some more questions. We'll uh, we're gonna see the landing here in a second. We're gonna have second engine, uh, second, yeah. Hax, if you can uh, re re rephrase that question just a little bit more, a little bit more information. Yeah. Did you mean the space we'll, uh, shuttle or maybe the the, the Soyuz, which is the only thing that launches humans other than the the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon? Stage two is in terminal It's a lot, and we were spending millions of dollars per astronaut just to, to go up to the International right Space Station. So you can only imagine how much it would have been for, for a single launch. People have done some numbers. I don't have exact numbers, but SpaceX is definitely able to offer it less expensively than the rest of the competition that's out there. So, that I mean, that's another big reason why NASA chose them. The reusability. Dude, look at the look at the decel on that. It was because the stage one was accelerating for a long time, going yeah. down still. So it's hitting the atmosphere. Uh, Those grid fins are are helping it orient, and then we're going to see in just a second here. Uh, it's going to land on uh, the drone ship. A shortfall of gravitas. This is so cool. This mapping that they do. It's so, so second cool. Second engine cutoffs huge. Um, that means they've now entered their first look at the burn. Crest. You see the crest behind them? You can see the curvature and yeah. the light bending around it. Oh, Looks like... Oh, here it comes. Here comes the landing. Looks good. Oh, it's okay. They did it! It's pretty incredible. Stage one, landing is confirmed. Yeah. Okay, that's a good sign. We'll take it. Yeah, I'm going to come back to a lot of these questions in a minute after this is all taken care of.
and we'll cover those up. And crew are in a nominal orbit. Uh, in a few minutes here, we'll begin opening that. Oh, excuse me. In a few minutes here, we'll has separate from the second stage. With, and then shortly uh, after that, we'll the, begin the, opening the that nose cone. Uh, at the same time, we landed our first stage on the drone ship. <laughs> All right, so we didn't get a live exciting. view, but it landed. So that, that's amazing. It's it 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 huge. All right, folks. So, so there's that MVAC engine, like we mentioned before. It has already shut down uh, in an event known as second engine cutoff. And the crew are now gliding, if you will. Now, one thing right now is we're coming up uh, just uh, under 11 minutes in the flight. We're uh, magazine said 200 mils so before seats. we get into uh, the separation sequence. Uh, we're, let's see the second here. stage is going through a let's series of events. That. Where we make sure. Let's right, so go back to Hax's question here. Rick, Rick had asked, uh, will they show the boost wing? So it looks like they, they had a view of it sure internally, the but they didn't show it to us stable. here. We may, we may get a view of it. It's not moving around, it's not doing but anything. Go ahead, Nico. So we give it a few oh, no, you're good. Vent um, everything down. So I think the question was more expensive than Starship. And then I got a picture sent to me on Discord that looks like. On its way. A yeah, giant metallic the, the finned rocket. Yeah, so Starship today. is, is SpaceX's option. So like with the Crew Dragon, the one that they're flying today on Inspiration Four, you can you can take four crew happens. members up with you, and that that number has been pretty. You know, that that's <laughs> a lot to send into space at one time. From, uh, obviously, the space shuttle had a little bit more capability, but um, as far as capsules go, spacecraft like this, that's pretty good. Turn down that chair. You got it, Rick. So. Um, so the, the starship could potentially, oh, Bruno, you just watched it from your backyard. That's, that's amazing. Oh, Five man. minutes away. That's a sight. That's awesome, Bruno. Um, thanks for joining chat. Um, so yeah, so the, the starship was built and designed to potentially launch up. Oh, we got crew dragon separation from the second stage. Woo! This is awesome. So. Uh, Starship could send up to a hundred people at one time uh, to, to to launch into space. And of course, SpaceX's mission has been to uh, make human life interplanetary. So Mars is really their destination. Um, Starship was also chosen as NASA's recent option to send NASA astronauts back to the moon. So it's not only just going to Mars potentially; it's going to be going to uh, the moon as well. So. To, to think about 100 people, right? And this is something that Robert Zubrin brought up, um, the the founder of the Mars Society, an aerospace engineer himself. Um, but the idea with Starship, you wouldn't even need to necessarily send a uh, Mars colony, build a colony, send people there. You could just send a Starship. And then the Starship is the place you live. And then it's also the place that you fly back. So we could planet hop way faster than we ever even thought. Um, and as long as they figure out a way to make fuel wherever they are and land close to wherever they can make fuel, um, open that opens up. And, and, and make repairs? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Up, we get to see the the zero gravity uh, device. We've got. Oh, is that a is that a Saint Jude's dog? Is that what that is? And there's that. That's what it looks like. Yeah. That we have over the shoulders of. Uh, is there an update yeah. on um, on Elon's roadster? Uh, it is still orbiting. Uh, it, it hasn't deorbited. It is still in space uh, with Starman in the, in the driver's seat. So um, 
haven't heard of any aliens that have picked it up yet. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll it get is, there. It is off course. It's not following the trajectory they planned for, but um, okay. there are still people good. watching it and tracking it all the time. Cool. So. Um, my brother is streaming also. He's on Facebook. Uh, you go to Today in Space on Facebook. You want to give the whole link? That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Facebook.com slash Today in Space podcast. You'll find us there. And he streams on there, does all the all the space goodies you could want. So um, uh, Rick in, in chat says, with today's technology, how long would it take to land on the moon? Well, right now, the only technology that that NASA has approved to say we think this is possible is Starship. Um, now, Jeff Bezos has worked to, you know, they had their Blue Moon Lander. Um, they have the ability and the money and the infrastructure to potentially go. I mean, they built a huge, huge complex in uh, in Florida, very close to NASA. We drove by it when we were down there in 2019, December, uh, before the world changed. And uh, they... I mean, Jeff could fund the, the, his way to the moon. So, oh, like how long would it take? Oh, oh, literally the time. I'm sorry, Rick. I, I went off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, three. It's, I think it's a three-day trip, um, given all the conditions. Yeah, I believe so. I'll double check. Observation dome. Got a couple more here. Okay. If we're, uh, isn't the Starship going to grab space debris when it does space launches as well? At like to, uh, is that so that you could like? I don't know if it's up. like a cleaning it up or to recycle so what we have will, up there. That won't be part in. of its mission, I don't believe. Um, at least not part of its main mission. But um, it's something that recently the first, I think the first spacecraft that's going to start deorbiting. Uh, trash is is finally going to be going into space soon. So that's that's nice. Um, I showed I showed chat uh, three or four weeks ago the NASA image of all the space trash that we've put up, and they were all just like, it one one some Vinny, my buddy Vinny came in and was like, we can't just leave it on the Earth. We have to mess up the space too, huh? <laughs> just like. What? Dude, it's real. And we had like, so we had Luca Rossettini, who's the uh, CEO of um of the company deorbit and they specifically make things to attach to satellites that go up there so that you can take them down when you need to um because that's just not a thing now and and he was saying some crazy stats in that episode where like the amount of satellites that are that exist today um you're you're looking at uh, multiplying that amount in just the next decade uh many times so we need to figure out how to track all that stuff. And, you know, once you reach a certain size, we don't have the tech right now to, to track all that stuff. There's, you know, we got an FAA that has, you know, planes and we know where everything is, but we do not know where all the trash is. Right, right. Yes. Three days. So it is three days uh, right now uh, to, to, to go to the moon. People are saying they're going to be doing donuts and cyber trucks on Mars in 20 years as I'm teaching aliens how to lift. <laughs> yeah, dude. Seriously though, the 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 physical aspect of space. I mean, the amount of working out that's that's needed just in a zero gravity, microgravity space like the ISS. 
um, you know, your your bone density decreases, your cardiovascular system needs to work in a different way because now gravity isn't pushing your blood down, so you don't have this kind of like constant help of gravity getting you know allowing your heart to move right for the circulation yeah. yeah and like what happens to a lot of astronauts is their all their fluids rise to their head their heads get swollen um their sinuses get full like it's it's pretty crazy because it's you know if you've seen those demonstrations of like water just pulling in a ball in, in zero mm-hmm. gravity um just imagine what that's doing to your insides so right um, yeah I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface of, like, physical fitness in space and what could be done. I mean, there may be even some sports that get designed that are specifically tailored to offset the Uh, Can somebody say Quidditch? Real Quidditch? Ooh, Quidditch on a starship. I I like that idea. That good pass in the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just just thoughts? Just thoughts? (laughs) You can't find his Facebook. Today in Space podcast. Is today in space all one word or is it space? Uh, so so for the URL, it's today in space podcast. Uh, just one word, no spaces. Oh, yeah. So uh, one of the other things that's really cool, and I'll bring us back to this view so that you guys can... Oops, sorry, I did that again. Uh, you may hear the uh, theme music there. <laughs> so if you look uh, in the background right now, you can see the, the, the cupola. And the cupola is that big glass dome. And that was custom installed for this mission. And so the top of the Dragon spacecraft is going to open up. And usually that would mean docking for the International Space Station. Docking adapter automatically using lasers will uh, go and dock onto the International Space Station, but instead of that dock, now there's this giant glass dome, uh, which they're going to be able to pop their heads up and take a view at heights higher than astronauts have seen in the last 20 years. Higher than the International Space Station is today. And it's, it's a metaphorical thing, too, for pushing the bounds of space travel, which is really one of the big things that Jared talked about from from designing this mission was like, let's go a step further. Let's progress this. Let's do something to inspire. Dare dare I say it? Um, like that's that's change what's the world. <laughs> change the world. Science. Yeah, what a man. Yeah. Science rules. <laughs> he was my um, commencement speaker. Yeah, that was I graduated. Fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That was and literally years. every 13 seconds was just like, dare I say, <laughs> change the world. Like every, literally every 13 seconds he said it. It was awesome. He knew his audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. He knew we all grew up with him. It's like he went to a research-based university for commencement graduation, and he wasn't going to act like that? Come on. Oh, no. yeah. Maybe he's with his people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's right there. My buddy, my buddy Chris uh, was the head of the newspaper as well. Yeah. So he like was in the back doing everything. So we met him, has like pictures with him, and I was like, "Damn it, Tran, you didn't call me to get a photo!" <laughs> like, yeah. So missed opportunity there, but uh, it happens. All right. But, so um, it looks like the SpaceX team—they're ending their broadcast, but we should probably still have a live feed to what's going on. I believe so. I mean, we could have probably listened in, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I they usually for these missions will have 
you know, even for the missions to the International Space Station, they had feet still live. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's probably some procedural operational stuff they're going to be doing right now um, to get that, uh, to get them kind of ready for the next stage of the mission here. But um, they're in orbit. I mean, Inspiration Ooh, 4. Let's go. They're in orbit. We didn't have to use an abort. Thank goodness. Um, wow. That's just... so here's an interesting question, actually, yeah. which is, um, I mean, it goes back to Elon's car. But sure. uh, people were wondering, do they think or do we know if some kind of space weathering has, you know, like damaged the paint at all or anything like that? Um, I don't know what they have on there when it comes to uh, high quality camera and stuff like that as well. But uh, people were wondering, you know, if the paint was, you know, any solar winds had any effect, fading, chipping, rust, any of that stuff. Obviously, space is a, uh, I guess, its it, own is monster. The question that could it happen or or did it happen? The question is, uh, let me try to find it here. I lost a little bit. Okay. Uh, wonder if the paint of the roadster has faded due to the solar oh. winds. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's no atmosphere, so if it's going to get radiation when it gets radiation um Mm -hmm. they had a camera installed i actually it's been a while since i've checked this up um jake might know this uh if he's still if he's still watching but uh um i don't know if we've got any good images of the roadster i mean i fully expect at some point spacex will have the capability to to get that that roadster back and put it into a museum or something you know they may put it in spacex headquarters if, if they're the ones that do it but um yeah i mean it's totally possible it could be bombarded with you know any kind of debris it may experience um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. definitely radiation that's definitely possible is this a new haircut or are you just dumb um i cleaned it up oh for you (laughs) yeah Yeah, not a new haircut the ponytail's still there rocking the pullback the samurai knot if you will yeah yeah kind of yeah, no, I just cleaned it up. I just got the sides shaved down a little bit. You're not dumb. You're observant, actually. You're the opposite. Critical thinker. So, thoughts on on the launch so far? They did it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, my biggest fear was ground to, ex- like, exiting, you know, the atmosphere. I mean, yeah. that always is where most of the issues are going to happen normally, you know? And then anything that happens when right. they're out of the atmosphere, they can at least you know, make a plan and have contingencies for, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically you're up to the, the whim of the space gods at that point. And, you know, SpaceX cool. has done a great job to clean up anything that had issues. I mean, that's why they did so many unmanned flights and the landing and all that stuff. Like yep. they did so many things just to make sure that they cleaned all that shit up. So mm-hmm. cool. sorry for swearing. Sorry. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it was cool to see in the documentary series, um, what they were doing from an operations perspective and like drills of Mm. like different types of things that might go wrong in the simulator and like timing their responses and it was really neat and and it was actually the person training them who will be you know on comms right i forget her name sarah i believe is her name yeah great name highly (laughs) i don't know if it was with an h or without an h though that's yeah you're right yeah all the same (laughs) (laughs) yeah But it was cool to watch her talk them through it in, you know, the... In the My brother's uh, mic is Quality's Elite. Nice. Sure Mafia. You have a Sure mic? Yeah, I do. Wow. Bougie. Sure, yep. Sure SM7B. Bougie. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll, I'll get there. For a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I love this day. thing. It's great. Thanks. 
Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, they're the prep. Operation, the operation stuff, like, uh, like we we get to go to bed, we get to wake up tomorrow and whatever. SpaceX team, they're this is three days. They don't they don't, they sleep. don't sleep. They may take a break. Someone might swap in for them, but they're there. there. That this is this is what they they train for. I mean, it's it really is wild to think about all the different people that are involved in this. Mm-hmm. All the SpaceX employees, um, not only who are doing operations and are going to be in that mission control, but there's also the people who are, uh, you know, in charge of the the SpaceX fleet, the actual ship that will go out there and uh, and and pick up the astronauts when they come back. Uh, they pretty much have to be at the ready because maybe they have to abort the mission early and they've got to deorbit sooner than they thought uh mm-hmm. that crew's got to be ready to, to to go at any time so um i don't i don't know this is a cool thing about that netflix docuseries that's out right now countdown to inspiration four there's four episodes out no we're not getting paid for this but it's so cool it doesn't matter really cool um and I cried like several. Oh times. my god, it's so emotional. It, it really is. It's crazy. It's crazy that human spaceflight comes back, and then it it is such a. I always wondered what those first missions were like to the moon, and yeah. everyone that you talk about who was, who was young enough or just alive to be able to sit in front of that TV in black and white, and and Apollo eleven, and even before Seriously. that, leading up to it, yeah, like every person I've talked to that watched it you can see a glimmer in their eye and you just you just know it meant something and little did we even expect to have this kind of an emotional reaction not only to the people that have just the inspiration for but like even the the billionaire space race that just happened like with with uh jeff bezos oh, yeah. and and uh, richard branson with virgin Bono. oh sorry uh, so like <laughs> it's it's crazy it's yeah. crazy even a suborbital mission is emotional I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happened to me <laughs> I know, right? yeah we science um did uh did we want to crack into that uh blue origin uh, did anyone have oh any yeah questions about that yeah, yeah yeah so they were just they were wondering what your thoughts were on the blue origin debacle i so. did a whole episode outlining this uh i'll i'll pull that up right now so that you guys i'll tell you guys which one which episode to pick that up but um, and feel free to put that link into the discord as well for yeah people, absolutely want it, so absolutely um so let me get this here guys yeah, literally just like screaming just songs i don't know what they're doing they're like my chat has a really bad habit of just like typing full songs or scripts for movies out 64 jeffrey jeffrey bezos <laughs> cool all right i sent you that link um okay. but yeah i had five i had five major takeaways so um wow. there's the billionaire space race in general right uh obviously there were a lot of people pissed off that billionaires are going to space and not working on the problems that we have on earth enter inspiration for yeah. that's raising money to solve uh, to cure cancer for these kids and and further research, I mean that right there. I mean I I think that should stay in the future as you know a reason that that we have to going to space. You should also be helping on Earth, which is really what a lot of space research does. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of drugs that have been developed in zero gravity um, that that have helped people with uh, 
various genetic disorders and made people's lives much better. There's also a bunch of technology that has transformed from uh, having to build them for um, for going to space, and then they had a dual use somewhere else. So um, there there is a lot of that. <laughs> Jake, if you don't for real, if you don't shed a tear watching that, you're a sociopath. <laughs> uh, Highly functioning. Yeah. Yeah, so so watch watch that Netflix documentary. It's crazy, and and in next Monday, I think it is, we should have the final episode, which is going to cover these three days. So, if you miss by any chance uh, the coverage over the next three days, uh, on our Facebook page, we're going to try and uh, add the links to those feeds. So that if you do want to jump in at any time, you can. But if you go to space uh, SpaceX's uh, webpage, uh, they're they're website they've always got links to all that stuff they're really good about their media but also their uh their youtube channel should have live links so if you go to spacex and look at their lives you're probably going to see something up there so um highly recommend going there mm-hmm. yeah so you said so five so five five five, five major takeaways yeah let's go back to that so uh one of the one of the weird things that uh i think it was just it happened so quickly nobody knew what to do um Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, everyone that went up there, they were calling themselves astronauts. Um, and I think the FAA made a decision that if they were going to give astronaut wings to people, uh, they had to actually be involved in piloting or, or the safety of uh, uh, the spacecraft, right? So the people that flew up there, um, in Jeff Bezos's case, it was completely automated. Um, so they didn't, they didn't have to do anything. The, the rocket flew and, and landed itself. Uh, as well as the capsule and for Virgin Galactic there were professional pilots that were flying uh, both the ship that took it up there and the spacecraft that launched from there so only they were considered actual astronauts Um, yeah so they they did make a distinction there which I think is correct and I I think Jake will agree with this Um, it's who who I got the idea from they were calling them astronauts in this um, in this Oh, the inspiration for inspiration for but, yeah. I mean, they each have like a mission title role, so I wonder right. if that's why. So they have the um like medical officer, medical officer, yep. The pilot, pilot commander, commander, mm-hmm. and mission specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean they're they're all potentially they they all need to know how to operate that that ship. So um, and they're achieving heights and. Yeah, so they they have a. I can I can get behind that. I mean, I I, like that's like saying you know everybody that gets onto a commercial flight's a pilot, right? Like, right. It's not the same thing, right? Right. No, it's a great comparison. I wonder what the astronaut title really means. Like, yeah, like yeah, I sat in a chair and buckled in. And it's something that's being defined as every day goes by. To sit in that dang chair, I want to be a mother freaking astronaut. (laughs) And I think it's second. Any of you listening out there? I am ready. Yeah, we. I mean, we did. We did apply for the uh, yeah, yeah. the Virgin Galactic. Uh, oh, was it Omes? I think it was. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did apply for two seats. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen, but we'll be there if, if they down. call us. Um, so yeah, that'll be so exciting. That'll the amount so of Omaze things that I've done. Oh yeah, one. seriously makes me sad. I know. I stopped. I just want that Sprinter van. That's basically an apartment. That's all I want. Man. That's it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the billionaire space race. Look, I mean, I did not really. Uh, I there was a lot of drama with the way that the marketing team for Blue Origin went about trying to get funding and get um, 
Blue Origin chosen as uh, uh, one of the companies to get funding so that uh, Blue Origin could fund itself, right? Uh, and, and Funding for, from NASA. From NASA, and also I think there was, it didn't happen, but they were also trying to get it tied into the infrastructure bill for uh, President Biden, which obviously would have had a lot of money uh, put in there. That did not happen. That was taken out of the, the uh, approval uh, before that was put for a vote. And uh, SpaceX got the clearance. It was it was a competitive contract between Dynetics, Blue Origin, and SpaceX to to have the human landing system contract for NASA to put people back on the moon. And NASA, in a move that was not expected but very much appreciated, in our you know opinion, was that they chose SpaceX outright. They didn't even say we're going to give anyone else. They're nope. We're going to fully invest into SpaceX's Starship. Um, so that was a huge, huge move, and Blue Origin tried its best to get and secure funding, um, but they were also being a little dishonest about, uh, and again, this is the marketing team, not the intelligent people that helped build the systems at Blue Origin. There are some incredibly talented and smart people working there that have nothing to do with how the outside perceives what they're doing. Bezos has, uh, you know, Blue Origin behind uh, a curtain. It's very, it's, they are not public. You barely, they're starting to get better about this, but it was, you know, as someone that's constantly looking for updates on this stuff, I found it very hard. The only time I got it was for signing up for their, their subscription or their, I guess, newsletter. And I literally like day of or day before I would get an update saying, Hey, we're launching. So I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but the, their technology is scalable. So what they flew Jeff Bezos in will be scaled up for the next thing, which will then send people to the moon. Um, so they're also reusable, which is also really good. It's this you know, new Shepard's really small. So um, definitely does not compare in its ability like the Falcon nine, but in the next five years, we could easily be seeing this kind of space race between Bezos and Elon very quickly. And honestly, and I thought about this, I never brought it up on the podcast, but I really think we give a billionaire a planet. We say, Elon Musk, you go after Mars, you develop Mars, and Bezos, you get the moon. And have those people develop technologies for, for those specific locations. To me, that That's seems terrifying. efficient. It is a little no, terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> so you guys are telling me this is not a good idea. This is not a good <laughs> chat, idea. chat. Let me know what you this think. Is unwise. Unwise. Let's let's so take a poll here. Someone brought up a pretty interesting uh, question. Um, I'm just gonna read it straight up what they said. So, yeah. but soon, soon enough, all the flights will be automated. So, how will people get their wings then in space? And I think that, like, I understand the the concern there but we gotta remember that the automated stuff is never gonna replace our hands on the wheel i guess for lack of a better term on that one yeah. like there's always gonna be a need for us to be there because those can fail and then secondaries can trained. fail yeah. and then you need to have somebody that actually knows their controls to be able to do it and if those fail those people that are on the ship i mean just look at the martian a fantastic movie that explains a lot of the stuff like there's a problem and you need to solve it one step at a time, right? Like things are going to happen. And when it happens in space, that's it, man. Like you, you have to True. figure out what you can do True. on the go right then and there. So yep. if things start failing, you have to figure out how to fix that. 
whether that's a coding issue, whether it's a hardware issue, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then if they don't, you're going to have to be able to control that thing. And that's what they did before. I mean, we talked about that earlier when we were on the deck, you know? Yep. We talked about how, you know, originally going to, to the moon, them landing it, it was them flying it yeah. from, like, down oh, and up. And yeah, that... Yeah. The Apollo 11 mission, when you think about the amount of skill it took to do that, I mean, they came into the moon blazing fast, and they had to land. They had to separate the command module and and send the lander down, and mm -hmm. it wow. it's crazy. It's crazy. They, they didn't even really know that they, they had some terrain. They had some pictures, but, like, they're kind of picking as they're flying down. Like, where am I going down here? And then it wasn't even it wasn't even secure that they were gonna come back, um, but I I have to say this Jake just put in the chat, uh, I'll say it. Come on Jeffrey, you can do it. Build the lander, don't just sue it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> Look at where you came from. Look at you now. Um, but yeah, so I. I think ultimately this billionaire space race is going to be good. Uh, as far as that automation question is concerned, I don't think you'll get rid of the human aspect of, of flight, mostly because I think we also are choosing to design these spacecraft so they can still be flown. Um, if you look at the early, um, you know, Russian Soviet systems, uh, those were built so that they were very much automated, and that was the direction they were going for. Take the human aspect out of it. The humans are really on there as a, as a, you know, a placeholder. Like, oh, yeah, we sent a human, you know, because mm. that means more. Um, so it depends on which system rules, right? So if a, if a system that's fully automated is the one that ultimately is the safest and the one that's the cheapest, mm -hmm. they'll end up using that. So it, it really does depend on which one ultimately works. Right. right, with the backups, right. So you like in this in this Inspiration Four mission, they have the commander mm -hmm. who's a pilot, mm -hmm. and the pilot and the pilot. So they have two pilots. Yeah, so they have two redundancy human mm -hmm. ready to fly this thing, mm -hmm. and and all the automated systems. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty wild stuff. Do we think it could explode? That would be crazy. You know what SpaceX is like. Well, that's why they did all the tests prior that were completely unmanned, and they did all that stuff. I mean, there's always a risk mm. of that stuff, right? I mean, it's space; anything can go wrong. Yeah, and we're literally leaving our we're leaving the surface of our planet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> which, well, and, and Apollo which is 13 the of everything. is the perfect you know? example of like, hey, we had the best mission two two flights ago, right? The first mm -hmm. time we ever landed, and then Apollo 13 that never even made it, you know, like, mm -hmm. and they had to turn back, and that whole that whole return back was unplanned they had to come up with that on the go mm -hmm. because they didn't that was not something they ever expected so um yeah. worrying though still yeah i mean i mean but that's that's the nature of you know trying to go further beyond you mm -hmm. know like that's pushing the limits of it and like everybody that gets in those capsules and get and i mean to become an astronaut like there's a lot of steps and these people went through all those steps and they got accepted in and they went through the training. Like they know what they're getting themselves were, into. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's they, they now. <laughs> so they now and for all the training at some point, there's no going back, you know, there's only going forward and solving the issues as you can. Well, and it's um, interesting when you, when you talk to NASA astronauts and even as we saw these, this crew develop with their knowledge over the six months, um, you can see people you can see the people flying be getting more confident 
and mm. uh, that's because they've gone through all the scenarios. Like this, it's not like I think it, there's a misconception that you know you launch into space. Like I'm just going to go on it. I mean, it's, I mean, you look at that as the same thing. I mean, let's just take it down to something that's a little bit more tangible for people, right? Sports, right? Like when you start a sport, right? You don't know what's going on. Like you can't, you can't just get onto a football field and expect to be fine. If you get hit, you're going to get your, your, for, I mean, excuse the language, you're going to get your shit rocked and maybe more risk of injury, all that kind of stuff. Right. And that's where, you know, strength and conditioning comes in and training in the gym and doing all the drills and going to practice and having different levels of stuff that like, progressively trains you and gets you prepared for different stuff, you know? And, and something at this level, especially going into space, like you, you train for contingencies and then you train for things that you don't know are going to happen. And then you train for everything that you can. And usually when something goes wrong and this isn't even space, this is just in general, it's usually nothing you've been ready for, but hopefully that experience of you being put in high stress situations, right? you know, get you good to go. And I, I mean, I'm just speaking from sure, none me of us getting underneath, space, right? you know. <laughs> right. Oh, let's get underneath a 500-pound barbell and see what happens. But, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, you're not just going to yeah. go and squat a shit ton of weight. You're going to get there by doing the work, by getting used to it, by accommodating yourself to it. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah, the simplest of the, terms, I guess. This is the ultimate, yeah. This is the ultimate problem solving, you know. It's yeah. like... That's it, what I love about it. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I know that's the idea of solving crazy problems is like what got me into going for my degree and in aerospace engineering and stuff and getting into this field in in general is like that scene in Apollo 13 where they dump the stuff and they say, we got to make the, the square peg fit in the round hole. We got to make this like, and everyone grabs stuff like that. Oh, that scene, (laughs) that alone got me into. Someone start making some coffee. (laughs) That was my favorite part. The amount of cigarettes they smoked to get us to the moon. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But all right, let's, let's close up here. Um, Final thoughts, final thoughts, folks, or final questions. If you got them in chat. Just looking around, see if anyone thinks anything. So, folks, thank you for joining us. The folks that are still live with us, man, do I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on. Um, we we had a lot of people on today. This was this was a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out for this good. launch. Inspiration for Nico, Sarah. Thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah. Appreciate it, Nico. Thank you for Absolutely, getting yeah. me working on Discord and getting the sound going. And everybody in chat who helped with uh, audio stuff early, thank you so much. I do Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. This chat's been asking. Chat's been saying we should do this more. They're liking it. So okay, great. We can yeah. uh, start figuring this out. We can start doing this. That more sounds too. awesome. Um, so fantastic, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, uh, chat. Uh, everybody, spread love and spread science. Be well. Make sure to check Ooh. out that Netflix documentary, Countdown to Inspiration Four. Get excited. Our astronauts are going to be there for another three days orbiting Earth, seeing some amazing views, and then bringing it back down for all of us. So Exciting. wild, wild. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Bye. Cool. That's how I end the podcast. Bye. Bye every single time. Tails, would, very true, would you pay to do this? Like, go to space? Man, if they came to my thing and they were like, hey, you, 
astronaut, I'd be like, hey, you, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If I can, if well, I can afford it, I would pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred well, percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been, I've been coming, I've been coming to the conclusion that money means less and less to me, and I'd rather, like, if the more money I have, the more I'd rather use it for things that, you know, like getting together with friends, having having people that I care for, like giving back to you guys too. Like, I hope that we can get to a, a size where we're making enough money that I can like weekly do like a giveaway or something. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, yeah. I always say, be healthy, stay healthy, keep uplifting each other for a reason. You know, like it's not, well, and I don't just say it to say it. Right. Like I say it because, because it, it means something to you. I can't, I want yeah. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I want that to be a part of the community. And sure. I would love that. I would a hundred percent. If I had the money, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I could be like, yeah, I can buy a spot. I'd get up there hundred percent. And I figure out, I'd make them figure out how we can stream it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, well, is and, Nick and, sure for Nico? I, yeah. As I was telling you today when we were talking before all this, um, if if this mission even makes you think a little bit, even just a tiny bit, uh, to be that you could be an astronaut, like if you didn't believe it before and you slightly believe it more mm-hmm. now because these people have gone, think about what you would do. What would you do as a mission? What would you be able to provide another company or another person like a Jared Isaacman or a Yusaku Miyazawa who wants to bring people up, what is it that you could offer? What is it that you could do? And that's an episode we'll do on the podcast here this month, maybe next month. Um, but I think I've really narrowed it down. Obviously, 3D printing is going to be involved. It's it's in some form or fashion. Um, but also, there's some other things I would really like to do. Obviously, communicating complex ideas like we do here on the podcast in the simplest yep. of ways. But... Um, think being able to communicate that experience up there would be cool and then of course uh some some kind of physicality with uh with scoliosis that'd be a fun that'd be a fun podcast yeah like let's let's like like let's get down a couple of things that we would want to like what could we do in space and test it and like what are some of the things that we think would work to like how you could test it because i mean going back to the fitness thing we didn't talk about it in in much but right now Mm. as far as i understand and know they just use resistance bands in space and that can only take you so far you know um you should you should look into it there the i will no i'm gonna for sure 100 um because they've it, even just like the the manufacturing of like the equipment like what what they have to do to simulate what's on earth and not like wobble or rip the space station apart <laughs> yeah you know um because you've got to generate enough resistance so that you can actually you know have some kind of a workout but you also don't want that to you know you don't want to like drop the barbell you know what i mean <laughs> Right, but where are you dropping it? You know not I mean? like, you it's not going anywhere, it, right? It, yeah. Like, but but the biggest issue with that is getting it up there, like, because on on I mean on Earth, right? And one G forty five pound plate to forty five pound plate, right? Mm-hmm. If you send somebody up there that's already done like extreme hypertrophy work, let's find let's get the biggest bodybuilders in the world and send them up there because they already have that much muscle mass, and you're just trying to prevent as little atrophy as possible. Those are the guys you want to send up because they're going to maintain more muscle mass coming back, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you maintain that when you're up there without having that kind of load and repetition and things that they need? Like that's, that's where, cause they do have, they even, even here, they, they have, um, and we started using these more and more and they're becoming more and more, um, used, especially at the college level for certain conditioning. They have machines that are like uh, compression based mm. and they maintain the weight that is on the number that you put in like all the way through the movement so it's not like if you try to like force it with momentum it automatically fights you back to keep that weight 
mm. at that level. So like, cause sometimes you can build momentum with it. And obviously you can push through things that are less heavy yeah. or that are heavier. As long as you're creating like, you know, the bounce out of it. Like people talk about that all the time out of a squat and stuff like that. Will they be shorter when they get back in space? I thought their spine compresses in space. No, no spine elongate, elongates. Yeah. They get taller. Because yeah, gravity is pulling us down. Like if you measure yourself to the down to like the absolute perfect amount before you go to bed, and you lay down and you wake up and you measure yourself again in the morning, you're actually longer. When you lay down and you sleep, you actually elongate because you're flat, and gravity's pulling you down evenly this way. So it actually ends up pulling you a little bit. And because space doesn't have gravity. Your body is just constantly going in different directions. So there is like a well, that's not well, there's, 100% there's, there's accurate. Nothing, either, there's but... nothing pulling you down, right? And like the, right. the crazy thing is like when we start talking about human beings living on Mars, uh, you want your human babies to develop in Earth gravity so that that way, because Mars has less gravity, has about a third. And if you had an, a human baby develop on Mars with a third of gravity, that baby may not have the ability to survive earth gravity. Wasn't there a movie about that? About that. I don't there was know. a movie about somebody that was born in on Mars or born in space during a, sh like a born and raised in space during a mission or something like that. And they came back and it hmm. became like a, it became like a huge thing because they didn't develop the way that a human on earth did. So there was like this whole, the whole movie was about like, doing research on them and how they live